Welcome to the Eric Erickson Show podcast, Hour 3. Welcome. Hello there. It is Eric Erickson here. It is my show, and I'm delighted to have you with me. The phone number is 877-973-7425. Should you wish to be a part of this here program, I got to play you um, a clip of Stanley uh, Druckenmiller. Stanley Druckenmiller is a highly, highly regarded investor. Um, He's someone who, when he speaks, the entire world of investing listens to him. He is a billionaire. He made it big as a hedge fund manager for 30 years. He worked until 2000 for George Soros. He shut down his hedge fund, uh, returned the funds to his clients. Um, it was $12 billion in August of 2010. He is number 143 on the Forbes 400 list. He's a self-made man. And when he speaks about the economy, people listen. And he was interviewed on CNBC earlier, and what he said is, well, generating a lot of shockwaves for a lot of people out there. There was a time you went to college campuses and you talked about an equity and debt. I think in this case, it wasn't necessarily Fed-induced, but it was entitlement-induced. And it it could come, this was 10 years ago, and I think you said sometime between, you know, Nostradamus. You said 2020 and 2035. So it's 2000, is it 2022? Is it happening? We are, we are in deep trouble. So everything I said at those colleges is worse in terms of the metrics, um, except for one thing. And what I miscalculated was I didn't calculate zero rates. I used 4% rates. But the only thing Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton agreed on in 2016 was don't cut um, Social Security, don't cut entitlements. Uh, so nothing was done. Joe Biden has excruciated Rick Scott because he dared mention maybe we, we shouldn't be increasing senior pays. But if you look at, at the reversal I just talked about and you use the CBO estimate, which is rates at 3.8%, which I think, frankly, is, a, is pretty optimistic um, given all the things we've talked about, um, by 2027... The interest expense alone on the debt eats all health care spending. By 2047, it eats all discretionary spending. So we're now getting into fiscal dominance. By the way, by 49, it eats also security. Yeah, that's the problem with the interest rates and with the national debt going up. And, and some members of Congress, Tom Cotton, one of the first ones to raise the issue with me, is, is interest rates going back up hurt? That's not the only thing he said. you got to listen to this as well. This is the thing uh, that investors on the stock market are taking note of. The first is a matter of public policy. you got to understand this one plays into where things are right now, even as the markets are surging today. I will be stunned if we don't have a recession in 23 don't know the timing, but certainly by the end of 23, I will not be surprised if it's not larger than the so-called average garden variety. And I don't rule out, not my forecast, but I don't rule out something really bad. Why? 
because if you look at the liquidity situation that has driven this, um, we're going to go from all this QE to QT. We're following an asset bubble. Um, we've been doing all this uh, running down on the SBR, which is now, that's the Strategic Petroleum Reserve. It's now below 84 levels, even though obviously oil consumption is much higher. Um, we've had a bunch of myopic policies that have actually delayed the liquidity shrinkage. QT has been almost entirely offset by Janet Yellen running down the Treasury savings account. By the way, pretty amazing policy. She could have sold 10 years for under 1% during this time. Instead, she runs down the Treasury savings account. So all that has mass liquidity shrinkage, but it really comes into full gear. And she can continue this for a while. We can do the SPR for a while, stimulative stuff. But by the first quarter of 23, it kind of goes the other way. So our central case is a hard landing by the end of 23. But I don't know. The, I've been wrong on a lot of things. I could be wrong on this. But since I do it for a living, that's our forecast, which is a recession in 23. When Stanley Drunkenmiller speaks, the markets listen. And one of the big issues is while some reports have come out today, and this is one of the uh, reasons the stock market is surging, is that some analysts are now saying the market is oversold. Goldman Sachs, Bank of America, and others have come out and said, actually, uh, we still think we're going to have more to go. We are in a bear market, even with the rebounds. The Dow right now is up 455 points. NASDAQ is up 155. The S&P 500 is up 56. All of these things are good. The problem, however, is that the underlying fundamentals of the economy are still pretty terrible. The underlying fundamentals of the economy suggest that as interest rates go up, it's going to have a calamitous effect everywhere, and recessions tend to begin with housing. And the data in the housing market is not good right now. The data, in fact, in the housing market suggests we're still in for some level of economic turmoil coming as home sales fell for the third consecutive month. This is Yahoo Finance. Let's dig further into today's pending home sales as would-be homebuyers eye a 30-year mortgage rate north of 7%. Yahoo Finance's Danny Romero. Oh, I said 6% and I was, I was outdated, Danny. Can't even, yeah, yeah. can't even keep up anymore. <laughs> I know, right? The volatility. Well, that goes back to what we're seeing today. The pending home sales, they fell for the third consecutive month. And that's all due to the volatility that we've been seeing in mortgage rates, the upward and downward movement. And that is the primary mover for home buying. That's um, what economists are calling now. And they say that due to these high interest rates, um, it is really cutting into those contract signings. Um, and they're expecting that the economy will remain sluggish and that mortgage rates will touch close to 7% in the coming months. Now, 7% mortgage is something we haven't seen in quite a long time in this country. 7% mortgages is just not something uh, that it, it used to happen, by the way. I mean, back in the 1970s, 60s and 70s, you get 11 to 14 to 15% interest rate uh, mortgages. But, of course, homes were less, but people made less. Uh, it, 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 it all kind of it wasn't a good time. It was not a good situation. If you really want 
to put all of what's happening in perspective right now, let me give you an amazing statistic. This kind of blew my mind when I saw this earlier today. The top 10% of Americans have lost $8 trillion with a T, $8 trillion in stock market wealth this year. A 22% decline in their wealth. This, by the way, was why the Elizabeth Warren wealth tax was never going to work. It was on unrealized capital gains. Uh, it was based on the value of your stock portfolio. And if your stock portfolio is really high, the government taxes it. Then when it crashes, they don't give you your money back. They tax you on the highs, not with the crash. It was it was never going to work. This is an example of why it was never going to work. It simply was a painful situation. It was a situation that never should have been. And we're in a situation now where costs are getting high. People can't get mortgage interest rates. I mean, your mortgage interest rate, I read the other day that you could buy a $700,000 house last year and the mortgage rate would be the same, or or rather the the amount of your payment would be the same as buying a $355,000 house right now. That's absurd to me. That's how bad it's changed. And and housing begins to trickle over into other aspects of the economy. So, yeah, the markets are doing great today, but the underlying fundamentals are not great for what we're having right now. Here's Rahel Solomon on CNN. Nearly three out of four workers say that inflation is outpacing how much they make. I want to show you these results here and compare this 71 percent in July to just a few months prior. uh, 58 percent had that same response in February. And this is really driving inflation, of course, which still is hovering around 40 year highs at 8.3 percent, according to the last reading for U.S. consumer inflation. This is driving more people to tap into their savings. So Mm -hmm. a 21 percent of respondents said that they had to tap into emergency savings about the same said they had to work work extra hours just to keep up with inflation about the same say they're actually just looking for a higher paying job and how about that six percent having to resort to a 401k hardship withdrawal wow. so uh, this is the pain you know we talk about the pain of rising borrowing costs in terms mm-hmm. of uh, what the fed is doing but this is also the pain of inflation and that's what the fed is trying to uh, make better ultimately right. with these higher costs but people are really suffering out there but 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 the democrats did the inflation reduction act john Kerry was asked about the inflation reduction act last night Listen to John Kerry answer. President Biden succeeded in achieving uh, a, a extraordinarily important piece of legislation, which has implications way beyond just the United States. This legislation will have an impact on the available technologies to the rest of the world. And the rest of the world is suddenly, look, we just had a huge energy summit in uh, Pittsburgh with ministers from around the world. And they're all talking about the Inflation Reduction Act and the impact it's going to have on them because they see the U.S. moving forward on technology, research, development, on deployment, uh, on uh, direct air carbon capture or battery storage or other kinds of storage or green hydrogen. I mean, all these different technologies that are going to change economies around the world. And they're now saying... Wow, the United States of America is moving forward. That's going to have an impact on us. And they also don't want to be left behind. So they're saying, hey, we better get our own act moving on this. So the the Inflation Reduction Act will be uh, an accelerator of action way beyond just what happens in the states. But in the states, 
it not only has implications for people's health care, which will be cheaper, for drugs that will be cheaper, prescription drugs. It has limits on uh, uh, for for lower income folks. They will not anybody learning. Four hundred thousand dollars or less is not going to pay a dime more. It has uh, it, it has a reduction on the deficit in it. But most importantly, it has really serious money as incentive for the deployment of renewables, for the manufacture of renewables, for the deployment of electric vehicles, the infrastructure for it. This is a job creator. You hear that a lot in politics, as people are saying, it's going to, this is a massive job creator, and it's going to put the United States of America in a very strong position to be leading on a global basis. Oh, sorry. John Kerry, he kind of, he's like Ambien. Gosh, that is the most boring man. But, but the point there is... He's trying to do some damage control on the Inflation Act, but still, it's a piece of climate legislation. It's a piece of climate legislation. It's going to get people to work in renewables. It's going to get people to work to solve the climate crisis. It's going to get people to work there. They can't even talk about it the way the Democrats were supposed to talk about it. They can't do it. They try, but they can't help going back to the climate stuff. People are deeply upset with the direction of the country. They've only rebounded somewhat in optimism because of gas prices having gone down, but gas prices are going back up. The Republicans need to spend the next month on the economy and crime, and if they do that, they're going to win. They won't win deep blue parts of the country where women are more concerned with killing kids than killing the economy. But they will win in the swing districts, and they will win in the swing parts of the country where moms don't want boys on their daughter's team Dads are looking at their 401ks horrified, and families are looking at the cost of just sitting around the dinner table, and they're horrified by what's happening. The economy still matters, and the economy, despite a single day of surging on the stock market, is not doing well right now. The underlying fundamentals are still pretty bad. Now, what can you do about that? We'll talk about it when we come back. Everybody asked me about bowl and branch sheets. I actually put up a picture the other day. We got some in our house because we order from them. We actually are customers. They're like, oh my gosh, are they really that good? Yes, they get softer every single time you wash them. I mean, they use 100% organic cotton threads. They're super soft. You get such a good sleep. They have just the great weight to them. Like I had a pair of sheets we actually threw away when we replaced them with Bull and Branch where is they were just like too light and also not very soft. The Bull and Branch, they're perfect. The drape across your body when you sleep, absolutely perfect. Bull and Branch uses the highest quality threads on earth for superior softness, for a better night's sleep. They've got over 10,000 stellar reviews. Their signature sheets come in nine neutral colors in all sizes from Twin to California King. You will feel the difference. And they're 100% free from toxins. No pesticides, no formaldehyde, no harsh chemicals. Get 15% off your first set of sheets when you use promo code ERIC, E-R-I-C-K, at BolandBranch.com. That's BolandBranch, B-O-L-L-A-N-D, Branch.com. The promo code is ERIC, E-R-I-C-K. 
Hola, welcome. This hour of the program brought to you by First Liberty Building and Loan, wherever you are nationwide. If you're in charge of the finance of a business and want it to grow, reach out to First Liberty. $750,000 deals or more. Tell them I sent you firstlibertyga.com. We got to go back to the clip I played earlier. If you text data to 33777, you'll get this clip uh, in the show notes of Joe Biden from this morning um, because the White House has now been called out on it by ABC News' Celia Varga. Uh, this is what Joe Biden did. And so, many, and so many of you know so much about this as well, and you're committed. And I want to thank all of you here, for in, including bipartisan elected officials like Representative Governor, Senator Braun, Senator Booker. Representative Jackie, are you here? Where's Jackie? I didn't think she was, she was going to be here. Jackie Walorski is dead. She died in August in a tragic car wreck with two of her uh, staffers. Um, the White House has now been asked about this by Cecilia Vega. You know, some days when God gives you lemons, you you, you got to at least try to make the lemonade. This is Carrie Jean-Pierre and Cecilia Varga. He said, Jackie, are you here? Where's Jackie? She must not be here. No, I totally understand. I just I just explained she was on top of mind. Uh, um, you know, this wasn't what we were able to witness today and what the president was able to lift up. Uh, in this, uh, at this conference, at this event, uh, was how her uh, her focus on um, wanting to uh, uh, deal with combat food insecurity in America, and this is something that he was lifting up and honoring. And again, he knows that he's going to see her family this coming Friday. There is a bill signing uh, that's going to happen in renaming a VA clinic in, in oh, Indiana I said it already after happened. the I'm late sorry, congresswoman. Folks. He knows that he is going to see her family, and she was a top of mind. Um, if, 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 a little word that has so much power, if. If Jackie Walorski was top of mind for the president of the United States, shouldn't he have known she wouldn't be in the room? If, if, if she was top of mind, if Joe Biden knew he was going to meet her family at the end of the week, why, why does he try to give her a shout out on stage by asking if she's there? We're not even to October yet. Maybe he thought it was her ghost, but it's not Halloween season yet. Although I got to tell you guys, I went to Lowe's. Two days ago, and they already have all the Christmas decorations out. Standing right next to the witches and the ghouls is Santa Claus and Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer and Frosty the Snowman. We as a nation probably, well, we're getting what we deserve, aren't we? I, I this the if she was present, how how do you know? How do you know? I mean. 
This is just I, – I listen, I feel bad for the White House press secretary on this one. What do you do? You can't come out and say, well, Grandpa Dementia got dementia. We told him as he was going on stage and he did it. And you can't throw the staff under the bus and say, well, the staff inadequately failed to, to prepare the president of the United States. But she just said – that Jackie Walorski was on his mind. She's not there because she died. And he's giving her a shout-out on stage, wanting to know if she's there. there, Y'all, there's something fundamentally not right about this. Your calls when we come back, 877-973-7425. Remember, friends, get vaccinated to stop the hurricane from hitting you. That's the president of the United States' advice for people down in Florida. Let me be clear. If you're in a state where hurricanes often strike, like Florida or the Gulf Coast or into Texas, a vital part of preparing for hurricane season is to get vaccinated now. Everything is more complicated if you're not vaccinated in a hurricane or natural disaster hits. <laughs> Ow. Just a better day for the president of the United States. Oh, my goodness. Um, and then Jill Biden had to show him how to get off the stage at the White House today as well. She was overheard on the mic. We, we go down this way. She's telling him. Remember when Donald Trump shuffled his feet down a slope? Who was that? Or was it some, some um, it was at uh, West Point, and he shuffled down. It became a national news story for multiple days in a row over what's wrong with the president. Brian Stelter had people on reliable sources wanting to know about the president, and not for Joe Biden in this. Very telling. All right, uh, back to the phones. John's been waiting patiently. John, you are going to be on the Eric Erickson Show. Welcome. Eric? Hi, how are you? Oh, oh I, I was talking to the call screener. I said, uh, hey, let me talk to you, not Eric. <laughs> now I'm su- yeah. surprised. Yeah. Well, speak of uh, surprise, can we not say that the uh, this economy we are in is a uh, uh, inflation expansion act that was passed? <laughs> yeah, pretty much it. Uh, isn't that, and, no, I mean, that's pretty much it. Well, didn't uh, President Biden receive, what's it, 81 million votes? Uh, something 81? like that. Yeah, something like that. That means every night, then, the uh, people that voted for him should be celebrating dancing in the streets because this is exactly what they have voted for. Yeah, look, they, they are getting exactly what they voted for. But, you know, I, I you know, I got to say something in defense for some of my friends who they didn't like Trump and they decided, well, we kind of know who Biden is and he'll be normal. I told them this would happen, that that he was too old. He would get driven off the cliff by the left. And they're like, oh, no, I mean, he's been around in Washington 50 years. He can handle himself. Um, they really thought he would bring back some level of normalcy. And boy, are they deluded now. We have a caller who calls, who hangs out with Charlie on the phone and doesn't come on the air. Um, can't come on the air because can't, I mean, poor Jim would be in here hitting the dump button every five seconds if we let the caller on, given the caller can't, I mean, the caller can't say, uh, uh, now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep without cussing in that sentence. <laughs> but this caller admits having 
not changed a bit on any issue and suddenly is on the right because the left has just gone so off the wall crazy with stuff. And I think there were a lot of voters who voted for Joe Biden because they really didn't like the mean tweets. They really didn't like Trump. And to Donald Trump's supporters who say, well, we have all this, but at least we don't have mean tweets. I I get your point, but you should at least have some acknowledgement that there are voters who really think the president should behave in a certain way. And they assumed Biden would. And of course they were deluded and they voted for him. But it's why putting Trump up in 2024 is a problem because these people really don't like him. He really lost Georgia. It wasn't stolen from him because there were suburban voters. I mean, 50,000 suburban voters in Georgia flat out refused to vote between Biden and Trump altogether, which was actually less than in 2016. In 2016, it was closer to 100,000 voters in Georgia said, I'm not voting for Hillary or for Trump. I'm just not voting for president. It's a problem you gotta you got to assess. Now, I want to spend some time on the economy. I should say first, though, I got to follow up on a story from yesterday. The Nord Stream 1 and Nord Stream 2 pipeline sabotage uh, European governments. It's kind of funny. I've started getting emails from people saying, I bet it was us. I bet it was the United States. Joe Biden said we could take out Nord Stream if Joe Biden, if Vladimir Putin invaded Ukraine must mean it's us. It, what's so interesting is this coming from a number of anonymous accounts, and I'm seeing a bunch of pro-Russia voices on social media say, well, it had to be the United States. They had to sabotage this pipeline. The United States did it. I don't know why the United States would, first of all, because the United States knows the pipelines aren't being used. Why sabotage pipelines that aren't being used? Vladimir Putin put them into maintenance mode months ago. The Nord Stream 2 has never even been turned on. Multiple European governments and the CIA are all reporting the Russians had submarines in the area of the pipelines. And there were underwater explosions detected. Um it's looking more and more like it actually was the Russians killing their own pipeline. Now, why would they kill their own pipeline that they're not using? Well, because the Russians want to send a signal. The Norwegians have now built a competing pipeline. And the Europeans are getting gas from Norway. Norway has fired up natural gas production, and it's flowing into Poland, and it runs very near the Nord Stream pipeline. And the Russians are sending a message that they can take out those other pipelines too. The Russians still have a lot of pipelines that run underground, not underwater. So Nord Stream 1 and Nord Stream 2 weren't really necessary. They just increased the flow of gas. But the Russians have turned all of their their pipes off. The Norwegians have turned theirs on. There's another one coming online, and this is the Russians saying, hey, we can do this. What I find very notable, as the Europeans are about to announce it appears Vladimir Putin blew up his own pipeline to send us a signal They had submarines and naval vessels in the area as we detected those underwater explosions. You've got a bunch of anonymous people sending emails around. I'm not the only conservative talk show host who got them. And also uh, anonymous people on social media say, ah, remember this Biden quote? It's got to be the Americans. They blew it up. And, of course, all the tweets happen on Moscow time, as do the emails coming in. Okay. I want to weave all of this stuff together for you and just spend a few minutes with you. In fact, Charlie, you can go on. I'm going to turn off call screening. I'm not going to take any more calls because I want to spend some moments on this. So so you're good to – you can take the you, – you can get on into the studio. How about that? <laughs> Such a jerk. 
Um, we are headed towards economically unstable times. We are. A bad recession is probably coming. The Fed has to continue to raise interest rates to get inflation down. Inflation would come down quicker if energy production of fossil fuels increased quicker. That's not going to happen. The Biden administration is refusing. Interest rates will probably have to stick around and get up to about 10%, honestly, to be able to bring inflation down to 2%. It's going to be destabilizing all around the world. Concurrent to this, you got the British economy collapsing. The Bank of England has had to step in and start buying up bonds to stabilize the markets in Great Britain. That's one of the reasons our markets are reacting well today is they're reacting to the intervention of the Bank of England to buy up bonds. In Iran, there are protests. Women are taking off their hijabs and burning them in streets. Those are the scarves. The women in Iran don't wear full face coverings. They don't wear, wear burqas. They wear just a hijab. It's a it's a covers their hair, doesn't cover their face. And they're getting killed. Members of Iran's parliament today vowed to kill all of the protesters. The Russians are threatening nuclear war. The Russians are moving military vehicles into Ukraine that can serve, could serve, might serve as launch pads for nuclear weapons. The Chinese economy is beginning to collapse. There have been rumors of a coup in China that don't appear to be real. China itself appears to be functioning normally. There were uh, rumors of flight cancellations that weren't canceled. There were rumors of uh, a coup in China against President Xi that doesn't appear to have happened. But there's clearly, if all these rumors have started, clearly someone somewhere wanted us to think there was turmoil going on. So there's there's turmoil there. We have the turmoil in Mexico. And then we have the intra-party, intra-ideological fighting inside the United States. All of these things, we're fighting with each other, we're arguing at each other, we're yelling at each other. The world, economically, socially, Culturally, politically, it all appears to be coming unraveled. You got a bunch of Christians going back and reading Revelation now, starting Revelation. Like, is this a sign of the end times? Well, yes, but we've been in the end times since the resurrection. A lot of people, whether you're religious or not, you're wondering what the hell is going on in the world all of a sudden. It's like everything has come undone. Everyone has lost their mind. The economy is doing stuff we haven't seen happen. I mean, even when Jimmy Carter was president. I want to just spend a moment with you on your anxiety. Because I'm anxious too. And I want you to understand something that it took me a very long time to understand, and I'm having to teach my kids this now. There is nothing wrong with you or me or my kids or anyone else being interested in what's happening all over the world. There is nothing wrong with, it is somewhat healthy to want to be an informed individual. But when the level of information flow is giving you anxiety, it becomes bad. It becomes unhealthy. And inevitably where the anxiety is coming from is not so much the events, 
but the feeling of helplessness about the events. You can't do anything to affect the macro economy. You can't do anything to affect the situation in China. You can't do anything to affect the war in Ukraine. You can't do anything to affect the Bank of England. You can't do anything to affect the protests in Iran. You can't do anything to affect any of this stuff. And that feeling of helplessness is what causes the anxiety. You're overwhelmed with information that you can't do anything about. I was had to do a charity event last night at Black Rifle Coffee Company in Woodstock, Georgia. It should have taken no more than two. Really, it should have taken an hour and 45 minutes from my house. In bad traffic, two, two hours, 15 minutes. It took three and a half hours to get there because of hurricane refugees from Florida. And I was so aggravated. And it finally dawned on me, you literally, there is not a thing you could do to control the scenario. Why are you mad? Why do you have anxiety about a situation that you can't control? It is not your fault. These people will understand. you got to let it go. And I would tell you guys the same thing about all this stuff. You can't control it, so let it go. Be informed about it. That's fine. If you're a person of faith, your God is sovereign. All things work for the good of those called according to his purposes. Not a feather falls from a bird without him willing it. He's got this. There's a level of unhealthy anxiety cropping up now because our media and our news, it's so fast-paced. The economy is rocky in ways it hasn't been in a very long time. There's a lot of economic uncertainty, a lot of economic turmoil. There are labor shortages. Small business owners are fretful because they can't get enough employees. Meanwhile, other employers are starting to lay people off. You got the stock market turmoil. You're looking at your 401k. You're wondering, am I going to have to work an extra 10 years? Is my retirement plan off track? What's going to happen? Is there going to be World War III? Are we going to have a nuclear war in Ukraine? Are the Chinese going to invade Taiwan? Are the are the Iranians going to blow up Israel? What's going to happen? Oh, my gosh. You can't control any of it. So you shouldn't worry about any of it. Worry's a sin anyway. But spend more time on the things you can control, and what you can control is who's around your dinner table and how often they're there, what your relationship is with your family and your neighbors, how involved you are in your local community. If you take your anxiety and focus on building relationships around your dinner table, taking care of your family, having your family take care of you, building meaningful relationships with your friends, your anxiety will take care of itself because you'll spend more time on those things that you can control than those things you cannot control. Worries a sin and God's got this. These are crazy, uncharted economic times. We had not seen stuff like this in a very long time. We haven't seen stuff like this economically. We haven't seen stuff like this militarily. We haven't seen stuff like this politically in the world in a very long time. There's nothing you can do about it, so don't let it cause you anxiety. It is not yours to control. It is yours to control that small sphere of influence directly around you with the people who you can invite to your kitchen table. And I've just sent you out a Nashville hot fried chicken recipe so you can make hot chicken sandwiches for all of them. You can control that and focus your anxiety there because it'll help you get over your anxiety. You can't. You just can't control the rest of this stuff. 
So you got to work to not let it bother you. Now, there are things you can do, like if you're interested in using physical gold and silver to protect your retirement savings, you may want to reach out to my friends at GoldCo. If you got $50,000 or more in your IRA, your 401k, or other retirement savings, your money might be at risk, and you don't have a lot of options, physical gold and silver might be able to help you. Reach out to my friends at GoldCo, 855-904-5933. You'll get a free wealth protection kit from them to learn how to use gold and silver to protect and grow your money. Thousands of retirees are protecting their retirement savings. Many are getting $10,000 or more in free silver for doing it. So call my friends at GoldCo. Find out how you qualify for their special offer, 855-904-5933. They've helped thousands of Americans protect their retirement against inflation and stock market crashes. They want to see if they can help you, see if they're a good partner for you, 855-904-5933, or text the word ERIC, my name, E-R-I-C-K, to 33777. I will text you back their number, and you can talk to them. Y'all, I, I try not to use bad language on this program, and it's something i got to work on. It's part of my sanctification process. I just, uh, the, 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 the initials FFS surfaced in my head, for those of you who know. I'm reminded of a quote here from Gertrude Himmelfarb. Gertrude Himmelfarb, historian, very, very famous. Uh, of all the, she's actually Bill Crystal's mom. You know Bill Crystal. That, yes, that Bill Crystal. It's his mother. She is a famous conservative uh, philosopher and historian, and this is her quote. Listen to this quote. What was once stigmatized as deviant behavior is now tolerated and even sanctioned. What was once regarded as abnormal has been normalized. As deviancy is normalized, so what we once considered normal becomes deviant. The kind of family that has been regarded for centuries as natural and moral, the so-called bourgeois family, as it was invidiously called, is now seen as pathological, and pathological behaviors are now seen as natural and moral. Put another way, as another philosopher said, it was denied that it was happening, and the fact that it was happening was considered a moral good. Say all those things for this. This is from NBC NBC National News. When Atlanta City Council member Liliana Bakhtari won the 5th District seat last November for City Council, it represented two major firsts. She is the first queer Muslim person elected in the state of Georgia and the first non-binary council member of a major U.S. city. But Bakhtari who uses they and she pronouns, wasn't entirely out of the closet at the time. While they had been with their partner, Chris Brown, for 10 years, the duo kept quiet that they described the best part of their lives. They're non-magnogamous and have a relationship with a third person as well. It's a thruple of non-binary pronoun pickers. And we're all supposed to celebrate and say, there's nothing abnormal about this at all. Yay, woohoo! 